This is Series 5 of Brave New Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Lou Hamilton, and I welcome you to the Women's Impact Project, in which my guests share how they are positively impacting the world and the courage it takes to do so. If you're interested in making a difference by guesting on podcasts, you can find out how in my latest book, Dare to Share. This week's guest is Elena Kutsnitsova, one of Ukraine's leading contemporary artists who had to flee Kyiv when Russia invaded her country, leaving behind her paintings and her sculptures. We spoke when she managed to get to Lviv, where she was able to stay with a friend to regroup and decide what she was going to do next. We spoke via her phone. Welcome, Elena, to Brave New Girl Podcast. Hello, do you hear me? I can hear you. How are you? Yeah, hello. Uh, I'm fine, thanks. Uh, do you see me or on the audio? Uh, I can only hear you. Only hear me. Okay. I uh, think maybe we'll leave it as it is. Okay. Because of not very well connection uh, here now. Okay, that's, that sounds good. How are you keeping? Okay. Uh, thanks a lot. We are much better now uh, because we moved to Lviv and here... Uh, we feel much safety <clears throat> than it was in Kiev, where we were uh, located the previous 10 days. Uh, now our friends are hosting us uh, here, and uh, uh, <laughs> after a day, one day of rest, I finally can uh, keep uh, my thoughts together. You have now escaped to Lviv, but in the first few days of the Russian invasion, you thought you might be able to stay in Kiev. What were those days like and what made you change your mind? In the first days, uh, the, f- the very first day was very hard. Uh, we were just shocked, but uh, the only thought um, was not to panic. I tried uh, not to panic with all my forces and uh, uh, not to do very fast decisions. Moreover, in the first uh, two or three days it was I just rejected uh, this sort of or, or this understanding of uh, that fact that the war began I I thought that it will end in one or two or three days and I didn't want to leave my home all my friends all uh, uh, my relatives everything uh, all my artworks uh, my studio my plans uh, but then we uh, decided to, to move um, in the uh, village uh, just very close to Kiev to my relatives because uh, our um, district when, where we have studio is was very loud. We heard explosions uh, all the time and it was mentally very hard uh, to be there. And in the village, we thought, uh, together with my sister, with my nieces, uh, with her husband, uh, it uh, would be much better. <laughs> but in several days, the front came very close also to that uh, place, to that village. And um, it was also very nervous. We, uh, all the, uh, we um, went to the shelter uh, under the house almost every day and um, uh, and I understood uh, maybe in a week 
that the war uh, won't end uh, so quick. And uh, my sister also decided to to move further to the West and uh, to save uh, her children, uh, not to, to see all this situation. Uh, so we moved uh, together with her to Lviv after 10 days uh, because it was it began um, to be really unsafe uh, there also. And uh, the situation turns uh, turned that um, we understood that it won't end so quick as we wished <laughs> in the beginning. So uh, and I wanted yeah and I wanted to have an opportunity to make some um, job to do something what I can to do and understood that I will be more effective and more um, to, to do something useful uh, for Ukraine and for my friends and uh, for everyone who needs it from the more safe place. And what was it like going from Kiev to Lviv? It was really hard. Uh, we moved by car and uh, is now there are terrific traffic. Uh, it uh, Everything moves very slowly. Uh, I know that people who um, try to travel by train uh, are also uh, move 10 hours uh, standing, not sitting, for example, because Mary, and it's hard to sit on the train also. And on the roads, is also situation is difficult because the main road to the west from Kiev is um, was bombed and it doesn't work. And uh, you have to move in a traffic jam uh, through the very narrow uh, uh, roads from one village to another and uh, very slowly. And also there is uh, problems with, with petrol and uh, sometimes... Uh, Big quakeve uh, if uh, to the you may uh, from uh, near Kiev, uh, people uh, may stand maybe uh, one and a half hour uh, uh, to get twenty liters of petrol uh, because it's the restriction twenty liters only at once you can uh, you can get. So, but we managed firstly to get to Vinitsa. It, it, it took the first day. It took us uh, nine hours from Kiev to Vinitsa. It's only two hundred and sixty kilometers. And then uh, uh, we were lucky because uh, our friend, uh, old friend, hosted us there in his room. In- is in his room in Vinitsa. And the next morning we moved uh, to Lviv and it took uh, from Vinitsa to Lviv uh, 12 hours uh, to get. So in general, we were um, in the road uh, for 21 hours driving. It was really hard and it took one day yesterday to uh, to recover a little bit. And so to give a bit of context, can you... Tell us a bit about your background. I was born in Russia, in Russian family. But maybe, as you know from history, in the Soviet Union is, uh, is a mixture of different nationalities, of different people. And uh, on, in the 20th century, uh, all my um, grandparents and parents were moving uh, from one side to another through the big country. My mother was born on the uh, far east 
my father was born uh, under the Moscow and I have also roots from Poland and from Ukraine. So yeah, so I was born in Arkhangelsk. It's a north of uh, Russia. Uh, but uh, but in uh, 1991, when the Soviet Union was uh, <laughs> stopped stopped to exist, uh, our family moved to, to uh, Ukraine, to the central Ukraine, uh, to the small town of Svetlovodsk. It's um, on the on the Dnieper River. And my parents are living here at the moment. We moved there because we had a grandma, uh, uh, my grandma Onya, uh, living there, and um, that and uh, that was the beginning of my life in Ukraine. And I was only uh, five uh, when we moved, so everything, mostly my childhood, uh, everything I remember is connected to Ukraine, and I always thought Ukraine to be my homeland. I began to uh, go to school, to Ukrainian school, to learn Ukrainian language and um, Ukrainian culture, of course. And uh, I always uh, thought to be an Ukrainian. Then I get Ukrainian passport when I was 16. But my parents, my father, for example, uh, still have the Russian uh, documents. I don't know, I don't remember the English word for it. Uh, so he is still for uh, some kind old uh, way of thinking. He is still fond of Russia and everything connected with it. And then in the Orange Revolution from 2004 to 2005? Uh, I was a student. Uh, it was in the, uh, was maybe on their third course because in the 2003 I moved to Kyiv from Svetlovodsk, I entered the University of uh, Building and Architecture, and there was a faculty of uh, art on this university. And I um, began to uh, to get the professional art um, education. And I was on the third course when the revolution began. I uh, lived in the common living building, you know, like um, of students. And we all were for uh, for the Orange Revolution. We all wanted to um, the winning of Viktor Yushchenko, and we didn't. And we wanted their um, better future. And we went to the demonstrations. And I even painted my hair orange. I remember those times. Mm. And then you started your career as a painter. Can you talk about being an artist? Yeah, I started maybe uh, to do my own artworks um, behind the program of the university, maybe since uh, 2005, 2006. Uh, we have uh, a lot of work um, just in measures of the program, uh, but I also wanted to do something that... Uh, um, my own one that uh, I will know sh- uh, not show not sh- uh, to show to some to the old academy school you know uh, that is more free more um, that is uh, relates to my own themes the thematic that I want to express to tell about uh, there were just not uh, very big uh, paintings uh, with oil. 
and some collages. And uh, I were, was very fond of impressionist painters. And I um, also um, made, made a lot of sketches from nature, uh, like uh, from the real life. And um, it was a very big amount of different, um, not big, but uh, <laughs> works that came from inside. And also I began to fond of color since to, uh, 2007. Uh, I began to work as a, with it as an independent medium. Uh, and uh, that uh, that is how I came to abstract uh, in more serious mediums. But uh, maybe the first two or three years I worked with uh, watercolor and uh, in abstract approach also. And you said that in 2019, before the pandemic, you started to have somewhat of a crisis in your painting. Uh, yeah, it was like, uh, I think it was some kind of foreboding. Uh, I because in 2019, uh, to, till the time, the last maybe four and four or five years were very intense for me in the meaning of exhibitions, uh, travels abroad with paintings, uh, uh, communicate art communication, all this connected with the serious work with Korea. Uh, growing and I had so much exhibitions here in Ukraine and also a little uh, abroad and uh, a lot of also I sold art here a lot and it was <clears throat> maybe and the, in some moment I <clears throat> understood that it may be uh, uh, too much for me I wanted uh, maybe a little or slow down, or I was tired. I don't know what it was, but I wanted to change something really much. Uh, and it was uh, some kind of crisis because I understood uh, in uh, 2019 that uh, I can't um, continue further to do in the, uh, art in the way that I have done before. Uh, so so I understood that the big inner changes are coming and uh, maybe several months I haven't done uh, anything at all because I was just really in this um, strange feeling. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, I felt that the old uh, approach uh, just um, disappeared, just uh, ruined and uh, the new approach is haven't come yet for me so it was a pause and then I began to uh, create maybe a half year later some figurative paintings some very strange uh, some very personal with um, uh, because I haven't done figurative for maybe 10 years before that uh, <laughs> only only abstract only color only some uh, my next technique and then I came uh, back to figurative in 19. And then we had uh, the uh, um, COVID um, pandemic in uh, spring to 2020. So it was uh, like, um, I don't know, when it came and everything was slowed down, I just uh, thought that uh, it's maybe <laughs> the thing I needed to slow down and to 
uh, have time to rethink uh, something very deeply. You've said that your mission was to help make art and culture in Ukraine grow, but that was before the war began. And so how do you foresee keeping Ukraine's art and culture alive in this difficult time? <clears throat> it's an interesting question. Uh, as I see at the moment, um, artists uh, have just the first, today's 12th uh, day of war. I think uh, different artists do different things, but everybody does what he or she can. We uh, unite now together to use all the possibilities to help each other. And I think art is a very important um, thing in the, it's like a heart of our country. And uh, we will continue to do everything depending on us uh, to keep it, to make it more strong, to make it more conscious. And artists be, uh, also, if they even uh, lose their physical uh, creations. They, uh, I, I think, uh, for sure, we have the digital um, photos. Uh, they copyright to these uh, digital works, and we may continue to do something with them. As to, um, it, it will. It, it is safe. It is. Uh, it will continue to live. It's like a um, digital archive. And it's also important, it's a memory. And uh, when uh, the war ends, I think that uh, it will be another step, uh, uh, another boost, and uh, all the artists will create new level things <laughs> connecting to our uh, will, our freedom, and uh, our strengths. And in the meantime, you posted on Instagram an open call to artists to contribute to the Ukrainian army fund and that they would be sold as NFTs. And I know that you made a piece for that. So what was your message with your work? It was rather, it was, if, uh, I think, uh, yeah, now I know two NFTs initiatives um, in Ukraine. I made only uh, one work at the moment. It was very quick because the organizers um, asked to, to do not uh, to do very uh, complicated works. They try as they asked to do a very quick work, um, and the message was uh, that uh, Ukraine really defends uh, all the world, Europe at least uh, from this aggressive. Russian imperialistic uh, attack and uh, we are uh, really strong and we uh, really uh, keep together and do and our army does um, amazing things nowadays. They are really uh, <laughs> keep uh, and fight and uh, I'm just uh, uh, fond, fond of uh, our warriors of uh, how they real, really uh, do their best. So it was uh, Ukraine like a, like a front of the war and it protects all the other countries from the Russian army. Also, not, not only ourselves. But I believe it can stop this. And so as an artist, what do you want the world to know about what is happening in the Ukraine? 
you know, uh, the last, uh, honestly, the last two days, uh, 10 days, I just feel myself more a citizen of uh, Ukraine than an artist. I began to to uh, see deeper in all the what is happening in all the political uh, situation that, than I have done before, <laughs> much more. And uh, I just uh, I think that the world uh, should know that we are very. Uh, strong and we are where Ukrainians now are very um, helping each other and connecting uh, to each other and uh, we do amazing things just uh, I feel honored uh, for all the Ukrainians I know uh, as for another world uh, people I think uh, some people want to help I uh, received a lot of messages of support in my Instagram from the uh, artists and not only artists from all over the world, uh, from Europe, USA, and so on, and uh, some. And it's very important for us uh, to receive uh, political help at the moment. I think the very important thing is uh, NATO will uh, close the sky. Uh, it uh, haven't closed the sky under. Uh, above Ukraine till this moment yet and uh, that's why Russians have uh, the opportunity to bomb many and destroy many Ukrainian cities and I feel a uh, big pain about that and uh, I know that it's uh, hard and expensive to do that uh, but if uh, NATO manages to do that uh, they will keep uh, many lives of uh, civilian people and many uh, infrastructure and uh, culture and architecture and so on. With, uh, they keep it from destroying. As of this present time, there have been over a million women and children who've gone over the border into the rest of Europe. It's looking like it could be one of the biggest refugees crisis since the Second World War. And I wonder what your feeling is about what you want to do and what your future can look like from here. What I want to do, I don't know yet what I want to do about that. Uh, honestly, because my elder sister now uh, is uh, also in this situation. She moved to Pol Poland and now uh, she, uh, yesterday evening she was uh exactly on the border to poland in, for maybe 12 hours and it was only uh, half of the quickway i'm i feel very sorry about uh these um, running people i know that uh, not not everybody have a uh, some um, chance to choose what to do uh, but I decided to stay in Ukraine as for me uh, because I think that I want to be in this country. I don't want to be the running refugee. I just want uh, to be uh, closer to my homeland. Uh, but uh, I know that uh, many organizations help uh, people in Poland, in Romania, uh, many Ukrainians, my, my friends, uh, for example, uh, help with transport, with logistics, 
they uh, help with driving uh, old people and children uh, to the safer places. Uh, and other countries have wonderful programs of uh, accepting refugees. It's it's hard to imagine what uh, will be in, in future. I hope that the war ends uh, in the nearest weeks and uh, they will have an opportunity to come back home and rebuild uh, all the destroyed cities. I always ask my guests how they define courage. And I wonder with everything it, that you've experienced and witnessed, how you would define courage. Uh, I think courage is, um, is first of all, accepting um, the truth, uh, what is going on, and uh, to continue to do your best uh, and to do everything you're, uh, you're able to do uh, to help the others, to help yourself also is very important uh, to understand what is your, um, <clears throat> what are your feelings and how you can handle them and accept them, accept this uh, grief and stress and uh, give also, first of all, life, uh, love to yourself, give love to the nearest people and uh, to understand uh, what, what is the best way to act uh, with a cold um, head, not with the panic, not with the emotions, but to understand what is uh, all your opportunities and to make a cold decision. Uh, whether to stay, whether to leave, and uh, courage is in to face to face the reality, just and to remember that everything is changing, and um, to just to accept uh, these changes, and also and uh, accepting it. Uh, moving further, moving, uh, doing doing some actions, doing some um, positive uh, changes in the um, area that uh, you can control. Thanks so much, Elena, for sharing your personal story and perspective of what's happening within your country on the ground. I pray that the world unites in giving Ukraine and its people the support they need to secure their future and the future of their sovereignty. Thank you so much. Take Thank care. you so much, Lou. Thank yeah. you for connection. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot for supporting me and all uh, my country. Keep Take in touch. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Elena, for showing us how to be resilient in the face of a force willing to do anything to destroy our future. You can buy the fine art prints of Elena's work at www.sarchiart.com forward slash Elena Kutznetsova and follow her on Instagram at kutznetsova underscore artist. Thanks to Silk Studios for producing and sourcing the guests for the show. And thanks to you all for listening. Take care, choose courage and see you next week. <laughs>